On this week's episode of the Automotive Talent Show podcast, we discuss training isn't something you've done, it's something you do, integrating video into your customer communication, and no one ever got in trouble for over-communicating. Let's get into it. Hi there, and welcome to this week's episode of the Automotive Talent Show podcast, the podcast where we get to know and gain insights from leaders within the automotive industry. My guest this week is a lifelong automotive person with a plethora of experience. They've worked in dealerships, owned dealerships, and have pretty much exposed, have been exposed to all the machinations of the business. They've made the transition into the training space and are now giving back for others to benefit from that experience. His name is Ian Parker. Welcome to the podcast, Ian. Yeah, thanks, Cameron, and uh, thanks for having me on. It's, uh, it's, uh, it's great to uh, be here and uh, share some insights. Absolutely, absolutely. Um, you know, the, you and I don't live that far apart from each other these days, although, uh, although you know, you, you're a, we're, we're both based on the Gold Coast, and, but thanks to, thanks to COVID and convenient recording, we're, uh, we're doing it via Zoom, which, which is a nice, nice, responsible thing to do, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. It's uh, social distancing, but uh, couldn't be. There could be worse places where we could be locked up too. And uh, the Gold Coast is uh, is a beautiful part of, of Australia. Absolutely, absolutely. <clears throat> so I suppose to give a bit of a to give a bit of an insight into into you, Ian. I I know your background pretty well, and I and a lot of people out there would know your background. But for those that don't, give a give a bit of a high level overview of the Ian Parker story. Yeah, well, I uh, started in the auto industry in 1983 uh, at a local uh, Ford dealership in Orange uh, as a trainee salesman. Um, <clears throat> I worked my way through the, the dealership to um, used car manager, um, then to general sales manager. And then um, in uh, 1989, I took a plunge out and, um, and opened up a small used car yard in Orange uh, on the corner of Bathurst Road and Glenroy Avenue. And... Um, Started off there with eight cars in 1989, and uh, in June 1989, in our first month, we sold uh, 30 odd used cars. So um, that yeah, was right. the, the start of it all. Uh, small 800 square meter block, so it wasn't that big, and we actually owned that block up until about 12 months ago. And we sold uh, that part of that block to uh, 7-Eleven. So, and then in um, <clears throat> we we worked our way through that. We gradually bought land around us and built the yard up. And um, by, uh, by the early 90s or something, or mid-90s, we, uh, we were carrying about 60-odd, 70-odd used cars. We were doing about 50 or 60 a month. Um, and then in um, early 2000, I think it was 2000, we took on the Honda franchise. We started, decided to look at franchise, took on Honda. Um, <clears throat> then in 2004... Uh, we challenged ourselves even more. We took on uh, Proton and Senyong uh, as a couple of brands. And then in 2005, we took on Audi. But um, anyway, we uh, we were up there. We were doing uh, between Proton and Senyong. We're doing about 15 or 20 of those a month. Yeah. Um, you know, and it's a matter of, you know, it's horses for courses. They sell what they sell. 2006, we built purpose-built premises out on the Bathurst Road in Orange and... Um, um, 
moved everything out there. We sold that in 2009. Did some coaching consulting for a little bit for some dealers and things. Um, out of Valley, Tamworth, Wollongong and all that. And we actually got um, called to a job in Griffith in 2010. And uh, Griffith is a beautiful uh, town in central west, in rural New South Wales. It's uh, great wine and great food. Yep. Um, anyway, long story short, we uh, we got down there. The dealership was in a lot worse position than they declared to us. I went into receivership and we basically babysat it for the receivers and ended up buying it uh, in 2010, in October 10. And we decided we'd do three to five years there. So uh, we had uh, Honda, Mitsu, Kia and uh, Isuzu and sold that in, in 2015. Sold the business and then uh, sold the premises in 18. And the uh, the rest is history. The rest is history now. <laughs> yeah, now we've moved into uh, training. Yeah, yeah, and and yeah, that's the thing, isn't it? You know, you you you're probably more well known now these days for your um, you know, for your expertise in that training space. You know, and and as I said in the intro, I think you know a lot of people in our industry and work and 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 world gather experience along their along their professional life. And I think you reach a point where you want to give back of that experience because it's you. We are like you know, like like we said, but when before we hit the record button, we we want to make the industry the best industry it can be, in a way. Yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, and um, you know, there's there's so much you do learn along the way, and you do want to pass that knowledge back to uh, to people. And you know, you can buy a lot of things, but you can't buy uh, a good experience that. Um, can hand back to people so yeah absolutely yeah and have you found the the training space like yeah look the training space has been great uh for us we um we sort of white labeled a bit a product there in the um in about 2016 for about 12 months um until we sort of got our handle on it all and how it all worked and and got our feet under the table and then 18 months or, or be longer than that now two years ago we um actually uh built our own platform so uh, I didn't build it because I'm not a tech head, but we uh, had the right people build it. And um, it's all, it's a unique platform for training because we can do it with private coaching, but we can also have it set up for dealers. That, that we know a lot of dealers, they want to do the training and the biggest problem is getting the content, uh, delivering the content and then holding their people accountable. Yes. So we built a platform that has got a high level of, of, of uh, accountability where the DP can sign in and check that the sales manager is doing the training. The sales manager signs in and trains his um, his salespeople. We've got um, train the trainer videos after every module so the, um, the sales manager can watch that video and know exactly what he's got to do to get the most out of his salespeople. And by doing that, it's made it very cost-effective for a dealership to train their people. They can Dealerships can train their people for like three, four, five dollars a day per person yeah yeah it's the thing it's the thing about our industry isn't it you know like you without a without a system in place then it's it becomes like chinese whispers in many ways yeah. you know yeah. like you you a new person walks into the building they get briefed from an existing person on what their processes look like who was briefed yeah. who was who had the same thing done to him and you know like just like Chinese whispers, you do that often enough. The 
the the end result at the 10th person is is completely different to what it was when the first person was trained yeah. so without system without a system it is it's you know the inmates the inmates can run the asylum in a way you know yeah 100% and it's interesting that you know people sales people on that want to learn and new people to the industry want to learn and if we don't have something to train new salespeople with. Like the days have gone that the salesperson starts and you would remember Cameron back in the day because your yeah, yeah. Uh, father had a dealership. But you imagine back in the day when we all started and it was, uh, Cameron, there's the phone, there's your desk, uh, good luck. Yeah, it still does happen in some businesses, I would say. Yeah, suggest. and it does today, it does yeah. happen. And yeah. we need to, you know, stop that and give the, um, and give them something to, to train them with. And, the ones that are that are getting training uh, are making a hell of a difference. Yeah, I think it as it also comes down to um, we've I've kind of covered this off in in previous podcasts as well. Is you know today today the biggest challenge is keeping your people engaged with you. You know, like you know in business you want stability, you want you want sustainability. You know, you want to be able to predict where your business is going, and. Yep. One of the key drivers is that is keeping things stable, like keeping your people stable, yep. um, and not not have that revolving door of people coming in and out of your business and diluting what you're trying to do, diluting the culture, changing the environment. And and yep. the reality is, I every candidate that I speak to, I think I when I ask them, you know, who do they who do they look up to, who do they respect, who do they who do they say has been a person that has affected them professionally, most of the people cite the person that has actually trained them the most. Yeah. Yeah. Has yeah. shown has shown interest in them. You know, it is it's it's an engagement and and you know it's like a lot like I like I see you say in many of your videos, you know, training's not one of those things that is a is is something that you invest in and invest in for a week and say, all right, I've trained all my people now. Let's move on. Yeah, you know, we've, we've, it, we've ticked those boxes. It's okay now. The fact it wasn't effective and it yeah. won't do anything, but yeah. we've ticked the training box, and that that's a difference. You're better off to have uh, less training and have a lot more effective than give all this training out that's ineffective. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's the thing, isn't it? Too the the training side of it tends to be tends to be at the lower levels yeah. you know like you know we train you know like look at a technician you, you we train technicians they get yeah. a qualification you know they've got a they've got their books that they work through and you know they spend four years basically signing off on their qualification but in the sales side of the business we tend to train salespeople, but that's generally where it stops yeah, yeah. you know so how does a sales manager learn how to be a, a sales manager? That's right. Because as you know, that most dealerships is um, the sales manager has been a great salesperson. And what happens is they go to that sales manager and say, hey, Cameron, um, congratulations, Cameron. I'm going to make you the sales manager. And Cameron thinks, that's great. I'm pretty chuffed. I've been working to want to be a sales manager. So Cameron becomes a sales manager. Then um, he moves into his office and he thinks, well, what do I do now? I've yes. never been a sales manager before. So then he's not going to ask people for help because people think, 
well, you should know, Cameron, you've just been made the sales manager, why don't you know? And what happens is then the, the dealership has a chance that it can lose not only a great salesperson, but a potentially a good sales manager because the person thinks this is all too hard, I'll go elsewhere. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. We're very good at we're very good at teaching that sales manager how to cost a deal or how to how to yeah. you know how to how to run a how to run the admin and how to report and all of those sort of things. But we're not very good at actually teaching them and how to lead people and yeah, exactly and coaching right. a team and, and mentoring a team. And that's probably one of the biggest gaps, isn't it? Yeah, hundred percent. And the, the big thing about you know the, the today and when you're managing people and that it's not about you, you know, hey, Cameron, you're supposed to get this done. Why hasn't this happened? It's about, hey, Cameron, what can I do to help you get that result by Friday? You know, it's mm. about what can I do to help you? It's not you are meant to do this and bang, bang, bang. So, you know, it's, it's, it's just the way you're taught on how to manage your people. And the, the, the sad part is in a lot of dealerships and a lot of businesses because we coach all sorts of businesses, there's still some of that 1950s management tactics still being used. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's 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 something that it's something that definitely needs to change. You know, the industry technology-wise is changing. It's changing at a fast pace. You know, yeah, look 100%. at it's the 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 challenge for the the challenge for the the people that are in the retail side definitely uh, that are left um, is the is keeping up with all of that change, isn't it? You know. Yeah. And and COVID, you know, we're talking. You and I are talking. It's it's late July, twenty twenty. It is um, it is COVID nineteen. Where you know every state of Australia is in various states. You know, we've had to we've had to change the way we do business a lot in the last five months. Uh, a lot. Um, yeah. We've probably had more change in the last five months than we've had probably in the last five years. Yeah, hundred percent. Maybe beyond yeah. that. Yeah. Um, yeah. How how do you like a salesperson's uh, a way the way a salesperson interacts with a customer these days has definitely evolved a lot um, in the last yeah. in the last five years, hasn't it? Yeah. Look, it has, and it hasn't. If that makes sense, like even with COVID and that, like um, you know, we, we've talked for a long time about using uh, you know video to um, to to reach out to your customer because I mean the internet's been out for a long time and. You know, people have been buying cars online for a long time. So, you know, in that part of the sales process, there's nothing new about a customer ringing up from, you know, Melbourne to buy a car in Brisbane online, you know, via yeah. car sales or whatever the case may be. So, you, you know, and we've, all the people that we coach and things, we talk to them about, you know, the, I'll, I'll get the video out of the phone and go around the car, show them all the nooks and crannies and, and declare the whole thing. So... I mean, that, that's been happening for a long time. The, the main thing now is, the, you know, the social distancing with COVID-19. Uh, COVID um, but as far as people are still coming into dealerships to look at cars, um, so, you know, that part of it hasn't changed. I don't think, you know, I can't see that changing for a long time. I know in different parts of the world they're buying them out of towels and they're buying that. People will still buy online, but people will still come and touch and feel. Absolutely, um, yeah, yeah. It's a. I think the way the way the technology is evolving, though, isn't it? Is that you know, if, if you think back to if you think back to the old school dealership, you know, your your marketing spend, your marketing dollars was, you know, in the basically dedicated to print, 
um, print. TV, radio. Yeah, yeah. If you're in the metro, you probably, if you're in the metro, it was print because you couldn't afford TV or radio. Yeah. Uh, in the regional areas, you know, it's a couple of grand to run a TV slot. It's easy, yeah. isn't it? But, but you know, and that was the, you know, that was where you spent your dollars to drive inquiry. And then, you know, your salesperson and generally, you know, back, back in the day, people would walk off the street to inquire about that car yeah. that was, you know, advertised where these days it's, it's, it's such a digital experience for, for a customer that, um, you know, a, a customer would inquire, inquire on your website. Uh, the, the salesperson will get that lead, would, Grab that phone, pick up the pick up the phone, dial the number, get a voicemail, dial the number, get a voicemail, dial the number, get a voicemail, and then probably lose interest. Yeah. Um, yeah. Where there's other tools that we have available to to help us, isn't it? And I know I know we've been doing video for for ages, but the video I think the video experience has been limited to just demonstrating a car. It, it hasn't been used effectively to communicate that initial conversation with the customer yeah. to say, yeah. Hey, uh, Hey, Mr. Customer, it's Cameron from Cameron Motors here. I've got you. I've got your inquiry. I tried to give you a call, but you must be busy. Um, yeah. Just letting you know that just letting you know I'm here. And, and if you've got a preferred time for me to make contact or whatever the yeah. case may be, let me know. And the power of video doing that is, is powerful. You know, oh, 100%, 100%. And we we talk about that, uh, you know, in the program about using video for follow-up. People, you're right, people use video to show them the car and yes. send that to them, but they don't use it for follow-up. And it's such a powerful tool in follow-up. And, you know, the results that you get from the people that will come back to you, and you can be a bit cheeky and a bit fun and you keep it natural and cool, but, you know, when you send a message out and, you know, um, you know, hey Cameron, I've got um, I've got uh, the car ready for a test drive at four o'clock this afternoon. Uh, thanks very much. You know, and you just do a video around the car, and you let Cameron know that it's there for a four o'clock demo. Um, yeah. <clears throat> if you're following someone up and you want them to reply, you can be a bit cheeky and go, "Hey Cameron, hey, look, give me a call back on oh four one eight six three five one two zero, or hey, be a bit cheeky and send me a video back." Yeah, yeah, you know, absolutely. Um, and do that. And the other thing with video is it's so powerful for um, because it creates time in your day. So, you know, when a customer orders a car, um, sometimes they take delivery within 24 hours because it's in stock or whatever. Yeah. Sometimes yeah. it can be might have to be ordered two or three weeks. But that customer, when they've uh, ordered that car, done the paperwork on that car, they feel uh, within two days they feel it's my three weeks up yet. Yeah, Where's absolutely. my car? Where's yeah, my car? Yeah. And the last thing you want is a customer ringing you, handing you about where their car is, because you start saying, well, I told you it was three weeks late. You know, it's going to be three weeks, blah, blah. But yeah. if you can keep them informed along the way, you build a customer for life. So, you know, maybe, <laughs> excuse me, when it's released from uh, Bond, you can do a quick video screenshot of the... Of the um, of the screen to say, hey, uh, Cameron, just want to let you know your car's been dispatched it's on the truck. It should be here in three days. I'll keep you in touch uh, in the loop of when delivery will be. 
when the car arrives on the truck, you might do a quick video. Hey, Cameron, just to let you know, your car's arrived on the truck. Uh, it'll go through PD detailing. Uh, the tow bar will be fitted, the bull bar will be fitted, and I'll be in touch for delivery. We're working on Friday. Yeah. As it's going through the delivery, as it's going getting the tow bar on, just a quick, you know, hey, Cameron, just to let you know the tow bar has been fitted to your vehicle. Yeah. Just all those different stages. Absolutely, yeah. And that's, you know, my point is it's a video, utilising video, I think, is it, it, it is it's a communication piece if if you're if you're a, if you're not utilizing video today and you're a, a salesperson in a dealership or even if you're a sales manager even a DP yeah. in a dealership if you're uncomfortable in front of a camera <clears throat> you probably need to get comfortable in front of yeah. a camera you know it is because like like anything in this world if you don't take it on you're probably going to get left behind mm-hmm. Yeah, hundred percent, and yeah. it's it's just a powerful tool that you know that everyone looks at that, and and if you um, can utilise it to when you get the wife's and the husband's mobile number and you send the video to both, it's a wow factor. Yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. and they remember it and they talk about their friends or you know when you're watching a video and you go, oh wow, this is my new car. I'm going for a test drive or I'm picking it up today, and if you got their friends around, the friends are going. Oh, what's what do you got there, Cameron? Oh, this is my new car, and then they start showing everyone. Yeah. So they, they start telling everyone about what they're doing and showing people, and people are going, "Oh, yeah, where's that at?" and and getting information and things. So. Absolutely, yeah. I had a I had a uh, I had a a friend of mine. He had his vehicle serviced, and you know, video is obviously, uh, you know, video is infiltrated the service side in a great way. You know, it's. You know, I, the way I think about video is, for me, you know, the old adage, pictures say a thousand words. Well, a video is moving pictures. So how many words is it saying, right? So yeah. I had a, a, a mate of mine, he had his car serviced, and I'll give him a shout out here, Redland Mazda. So uh, the, the great guys in the service department at Redland Mazda, Mazda there, they've Mazda have taken on the See It Now video for, for, their, uh, for their customers. And the technician... You know, the technician, you would normally go, oh, don't want to give a video, don't want to put my video, don't want to give a video opportunity to a technician because, you know, who knows what they're going to say. This, the, the, the friend of mine sent me the video and said, how good is this? Here's a technician saying, here's a technician. He was underneath my car. He was walking me through everything that they checked and everything that I needed to be aware of and sent me the video. Yeah, perfect. And the and the first thing he said to me, first thing he did when he received the he the video was send that video to me saying, "How good is this?" So yep. your your customers that from that experience that he he was now a one man marketing team for Redland yep. Mazda. So yep. it's because it was a wow factor, Cameron. Absolutely, and that, yeah. that the guy had never received from any of anyone else that he's ever dealt with. And so, and because of that, he's he's praising it and telling everyone. And if business can, can think, like dealerships can think of everything they do and think, what can I do to plus one this to give a wow factor for the customer? Because it's all about the experience. Absolutely. But that the power of video and communication is is key. You know, it yeah. is absolutely key. Yeah. As you say, there's there's you know customers as. Customers tend to, you know, you know, you they sign a deal, you know, they spend a couple of hours in your dealership, they walk away excited and a little bit anxious and a little bit 
you know, we've bashed them up a little bit probably. Um, and then, you know, as you say, the, the, time, the time for them passes, passes a hell of a lot quicker than it does for us. And uh, that creating those touch points, that, that channel of communication back and forth, you know, is, it would speak volumes for anyone's experience so that by the time that customer gets that survey, you, you could be quite comfortable in the fact that you know what the response is going to be. 100%. But the other thing it leads to is when they pick their vehicle up, think about the world's best video testimonial you can get off the customer that you can Absolutely. post on social media and, um, and have running around with these people telling everyone how great you are to deal with. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's the... Uh, it's the, it's the I don't want to use a cliche that we everyone's using at the moment, but I think video needs to be the new normal in regards to how we interact. Yeah, you know, because it's so powerful. Absolutely, yeah, 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 absolutely. Yeah. You know, and you see, yeah, we we used to see it back in the day. You know, you 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 know, you before we before we video re implemented, it was a you 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 ring that customer, you leave a voicemail, you know, you get the voicemail, you play voicemail tennis, but. But all of a sudden, you send them a text message. They responded very quickly when you sent yeah. them a text. Nowadays, nowadays you can send a text message with a video in it. Yeah. And it's the as you say that wow factor by going, oh my god, look at what Ian's done. How yeah. good is this? And imagine the <clears throat> what you've got to think about too is the wow factor. If you've sent that to <clears throat> the husband and the wife, and let's say the wife's at the coffee shop. Let's say, you know, the picture, the scenario that at four o'clock this afternoon, the husband and wife are coming to take a vehicle for a test drive. So at 10 o'clock that morning, we recommend you send a quick video. You know, hey, NML, just want to let you know that um, the ABC widget is sitting in the drive ready for your test drive. Looking forward to seeing it at four o'clock this afternoon. Yeah. You send that to the husband and wife and the wife's sitting in the coffee shop and you send around 10 o'clock and she looks at it because as soon as everyone's phone goes ping, we pick them up and look at it. Of course we do. Right? It's human. So you look at that and you go, oh, and you watch it. Oh, oh, oh what's, what's going on, Mel? Oh, we're, we're just going for a test drive of a new car this afternoon. Oh, what are you looking at buying? Oh, we're looking at buying a, you know, a, a Mazda, you know, CX-5. Oh, yeah. yeah, that's great. They're a nice car. What colour are you looking at? Oh, we want a black one. Oh, when do you think you'll be taking delivery of it? Oh, well, hopefully by Friday. And all of a sudden, they're, they're, they're selling themselves yeah, on the idea absolutely. and everything. Yeah, that's the thing is video Video is all about creating that relationship and connection, isn't it? But you think about it, Cameron, if you tried to ring them at 10 o'clock and they're in a coffee, you know, they're having at a coffee shop with, with, with friends, they won't take your call. Mm. But if you send them the video at 10 o'clock, they'll look at the video. Yeah. yeah. Nine times out of 10. Yeah. There's a lot of actual video software providers like it doesn't have to be as crude or rude as holding your iphone up and getting the yeah. shaky getting the shaky selfie video or anything like that there's actually a lot of uh, video software providers and they're really cheap i can say relatively yeah. speaking yeah. that can you know turn your video into a into a a, a clickable link with yeah. with analytics and all of that sort of polished stuff that you know, you can be notified as soon as that customer has viewed that viewed that video or yeah. whatever. You can be yeah. notified, and and you know, as a 
in sales, you know, those sort of metrics and, and notifications are key, aren't they? Because you can... Yeah, 100%. Yeah. Yeah, yeah so, so you know exactly where they're going. But yeah, you're right, there's a lot of good platforms out there that, that are, that are cost-effective that you can use. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, look, I think yesterday it was kind of announced that Mercedes-Benz are going to transition to the agency model. Mm. Uh, Honda Honda announced it obviously ages ago that they'd be transitioning to the agency model. Um, it would stand to reason that other brands would follow. Yeah, it's so it's interesting. Uh, it's interesting because they got in New Zealand with Honda and Toyota at and the Toyota, moment. Toyota, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so for me, um, for me, the way I think about agency model is in the in the absence of price not becoming a you know a key contributed to the negotiation the only thing you've got as a business is your ability to build a relationship with the person that is doing business with you it's all about relationship selling isn't it like it's um you know the old adage and i know people it's an old saying that's been around people buy from people they know like and trust and um some people say oh not really they you know people buy on price people only buy on price if you let them if you, you know, you think about um, this, uh, when was the last time you bought something from someone you didn't like? And not many people buy from people they don't like. They'll pay a couple of dollars more to buy from someone they like because they feel comfortable. They know that they're there for backup and they know they're there whenever they need anything. So Yeah, there's that relationship factor. 100%, yeah. Yeah. 100%. Yeah, and I think the way we use this sort of technology, you know, whether it's video, social you know, whatever it is, you, it's all about relationship and connection building. Yeah. 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 It is. It's, it's, it's all about that in my opinion. And I think, you know, I think the modern day salesperson, I think needs to be someone that is very comfortable to, to, to go through and do that and be obviously disciplined in disciplined in the way they approach it. And, and, you know, not just, not just do what we have done in the past and that's, be all attentive until we get signed paperwork and then only worry about them when the thing needs to be de- delivered. You know, it's more, there's more yeah. to it than that these days. It's from the moment they sign the paperwork to the moment they pick up their vehicle, that's the most important part if they want to make that customer for life. Yeah. It's what you do in that time, whether it's a, you know, 24 hours or, or, or you, know, you know, 24 days, that's the most important. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's... There's a certain authenticity to that part of the relationship, isn't it? You know, like yeah, hundred percent. You know, yeah. people could say you want to know me when I you wanted to know me before I signed the documents because it was all about signing the documents. Yeah. And you want to know me? You want to know me when I get my car delivered because that's when you get paid. Yeah. Um, and but in the meantime, you know, this is this is where you show to me show me that you actually care about me. Yeah, hundred percent. And you know, we we say to all our clients, whether it be auto or non-auto is that if there's a, a lag between when they do the paperwork and when they take delivery of the goods or service, you do not want at any stage that customer ringing you. And I don't mean that rudely. I mean, you need to be in touch with the customer all the time so they never have to ring you that they know where everything's up to. Now, whether that be by, you know, text, phone or video, we, we highly recommend video. Yeah, yeah, you know, absolutely. Because yeah. that's, the, that's the, the best time to do it. Yeah, yeah, a, a a very good client of mine, um, who's a who's a who's a business owner. 
what said to me said to me many moons ago he said uh, i've i've never i've never performance managed someone for over communicating with a customer 100% exactly and i've and i've never had a customer ringing me or the phone has never come through to my office with someone saying i have you know i want to tell you about your salesperson t- talking to me too much about uh, you know talking to me too much it's always the opposite isn't it exactly and you know some of the the brands out there that the you know the order the lead time from the, the place in the order to delivery can be like two and three months and mm. you know as i mentioned before the customer if it's three months they think after three weeks is that three months up yet yes you know so you've got to keep them warm and fuzzy through that whole time because that's when, as I mentioned before, that's when you get that best video testimonial. Yeah. If you're enjoying this episode, please don't forget to subscribe to the podcast and not miss a future episode. If you'd like to know more about automotive talent and how we can assist you in the future, please don't hesitate to hit the contact link in the show notes. Back to the episode. What about the differences, Ian, from your experience with, you know, obviously the, there's the all the forms of communication that we have. So, you know, you can obviously have your your written word, you can have your video, you know, that can be disseminated through, you know, you could post a letter, I suppose. Not many people post letters to customers. Um, at you know, the, at that's the, powerful though, Cameron. It, that, it is. coming back. It the is. old handwritten letter is a very powerful way yeah, yeah. Of, of communicating with your clients yeah. as well. More of a thing post experience, isn't it? You know, that thank you, yeah. that thank you, yeah. handwritten, that, that, yeah. yeah, absolutely. But in the, I'm talking in the initial stage, you know, your, your inquiry yeah. and contact, you know, we, we obviously email, we, we obviously use voice, phone, yep. we use video, we text. Um, do you think that, do you think within each stage there's a, there's a, you know, there's a, you know, is it is it best to go text at the outset? Is it best to go, what phone? What you, is there any particular is there any particular formula that you've sort of believe in, Ian, on that front? Well, look, they're all great, but what we also uh, coach our, our clients to do is ask the question. So when we're dealing with Cameron, Cameron, what is the best form of communication you prefer? Yes. So if Cameron says text, the chances are if you send a text to Cameron, he's going to respond to it. Yeah. Cameron, is there any particular time of the day that's not a good time to call, text, email or video you? I don't do it between nine and five. Okay, no problems in the world. Yeah. So you don't do it between those times. But if you ask those questions, then you know what the best form of communication is, when's the best time to communicate and everything. And that, that saves a lot of pain because, as you mentioned before, you know, you make two or three phone calls and we and the salesman thinks, oh, they're not interested, this is too hard, and they move on. And it's not that they're not interested, it's that you didn't find out when was the best time to contact them and what was their best method. Yeah. And you don't know what's going on in their life. Yeah, absolutely. It's like anything in the process, though, isn't it? It's about asking the right questions and then listening to the answers, you know. it's And... Uh, 100%. And the thing we say with that is is listen to understand, not to respond. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's, and that's that's a valid, it's, you know, it's it's what I was thinking, you know. You think back to the day, you know, the standard approach of, you know, 
even even if it's applying for a job, the standard approach was to look at the Wednesday or the Saturday paper and you know throw a resume together, put it in an envelope, or fax it to somebody. But yeah. the, these days, you get a, I get approached for jobs on email through our website, over the phone, uh, through social channels. Yeah, it's it, it. You have to, you know. I think that's it's a great way of thinking about it, isn't it? You you need to interact with the, your customers how they want you to interact with them, not how yeah, you exactly. want to interact with them. Yeah, because it's at the end of the day, it's about them. It's not about you. Yeah, absolutely. And and the thing is that, and the other thing you talk about follow up. It's it's really important to follow up because, you know, I you know I've got some statistics that we've got you know on our websites and things that. 48% of salespeople never follow up. Yeah. You know, um, 25% of salespeople make the second contact and stop. Yeah. And 12% of salespeople only make three contacts and stop. And only 10% of uh, salespeople make more than three contacts. Like, it's crazy. And I was listening to a podcast, uh, yeah, podcast webinar, whatever you want to call it, a few weeks ago that car sales ran. And um, they they mentioned that in a, a week by week um, that they ran, thirty one point seven percent of people that inquired at dealerships about vehicles in twenty four hour period never got followed up. It was twenty four hours after they inquired before they got the follow up. Yeah. So you know that's just a third, crazy. And, a third of it, mate. A third of a third yeah. of inquiries. Yeah. Yeah. And. You know, they've got. You know, salespeople got to understand that you've just got to follow up. You've got. You know, the amazing part that I find is that businesses say, "Oh, we need more clients. We need more clients so we sell more cars." But when you find out that they're not following up, or they're only selling one in, you know, one in four or something, you think if you if you're selling three out of ten, three cars to ten people that come in. You've got to ask yourself, what are those other seven saying about your business that walk out the door? Now, yeah. I'm not saying you're going to sell ten out of ten. No, no. But, but I, you've got to. Yeah, yeah. It's. But that's the thing, isn't it? You know, prior to prior to COVID, the, one of the lessons we've learned out of COVID is, is that, you know, the things that we thought about our business prior to COVID, not necessarily the things that we know about our businesses now, and a lot of that. Yeah. You know, you look at the June result, like everyone is patting each other on the back saying, June was awesome, how good are we, you know, stock's clean, profit's great, gross is good. Um, and a lot of the result was actually off less staff. Yeah. I, yeah. I had, a, I had, a, I had a, a client that had 30% less sales staff, yet he got exact same result as last year with better with better gross. Yeah. Um, you know, and I... I think whenever whenever I visit a dealership, I you know you take a look around and you go, you look around the sales guys, and I'm not, I don't want to bash sales guys, but no, no. you look around sales guys and how how many do you see, how many sales guys do you see that are sitting there talking amongst themselves or you know standing around the water cooler so to speak or you know that sort of stuff the the unapplied time in for a salesperson like the more yeah. pro the more 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 programmed and systematic a, a salesperson can be. The more efficient they are, you know. We we measure efficiencies on the after sales side. Yep. Do we measure efficiencies on the sales side as, as hard? We only really well, we only really measure the, the result at the end, don't we? We don't measure yeah, the exactly. we don't measure the behaviours yeah. to that result. Yeah, exactly. And 
if you look at the downtime or the lost time, how could that be used more effectively? Yeah, creating you know, videos, and that communicating with customers. To, That's exactly how you could do it. That's exactly what you yeah, could do. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. And, and role-playing and practising and training and, and things like that, like that they could be doing rather than, you know, as you say, standing around the, 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 oil, the water cooler and things. Yeah, yeah. How... What's from what you've seen, you know, obviously social media, everyone's on social media these days. Um, and, and there's a there's a, 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 a bit of a, a bit of a gap in the middle, isn't there, with, with social media and, and how um, people in the sales side, um, you know, what sort of what sort of content are they putting on social? Is the you know, is there is it is it their content? Is it the business's content? Is the business okay with someone posting on social? Um, you know that there is a it's a bit of a it's a bit of a grey murky area, isn't it these yeah. days? You know, a lot of the businesses um, don't allow uh, salespeople to post business stuff on their personal page um, for a number of reasons, and what what. People, salespeople have got to realise when they post on social media on their personal page, it's like a tattoo. It is there forever. So if you post something that's partly inappropriate or not that great, it's done. You know, so, and I think some businesses don't want to be aligned to something that may be that they don't really want on there. So, you just got to be conscious of what you post on social media. Be you know, and I know it's you know you can have a Friday night banter and a wild night at the pub, and you want to show all those things. But it's just what you post and what you photograph and what you end up putting up there. You got to think about it's there forever, and what will they do to my reputation as a salesperson? So you, you know, um, and that's just what you got to be careful about when you post. But you know, posting on the um, like on the dealerships. Um, page and, and posting the content on there and then sharing it, you know, from your page out. I, I don't think dealerships have a problem with that. Um, but yeah, you just got to be really conscious about what you post. But it's such a great way to get yourself out there. And you know, um, I, I know there's some dealerships uh, here on the coast. At one stage, were doing some quite funny uh, videos with a couple of salespeople and things. And you know, it was it was a it was a bit of banter and it was a bit of fun and you know, I think they were getting pretty good views out of it. So, you know, that sort of thing works uh, and it can be used that people go, oh, yeah, well, that's funny. And, I mean, some of the videos that, that for car dealerships from around the world that go viral are just ones you think, oh, who thought of that? That just cracks you up, yeah. you know? Yeah. But it gets it gets it out there. Yeah, absolutely. You see you see a lot of the... Um you see a lot of the 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 uh, guys from the from the states. You know, we all look to the United States as being that where the next great idea is coming from. You see a lot of the a lot of the um, you know whether they're dealer principals, sales managers, salespeople themselves, very 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 active in the space. Um, and look, I would uh, for me, I think you know, I've got a. I think as far as social is concerned, I think you've got to, whatever you're doing, you've got to create your identity and your work identity is separate to your personal life identity. So 
I think my my view is if I was going to do it, if I was going to wind back the clock and uh, and do that, I would I would create my a separate identity for my interactions. Obviously, make sure my employer was right with it because yes, you know, ultimately they're you're doing it on their time and they're paying you to do so. But yeah, and even if you gave them, you know, right uh, uh, showed it showed them showed them to sign it off before you posted anything, mm. but. But for me, I think the way the way you can market yourself, the dealership on social these days, I think is one of the keys to building that relationship and connection to the customer base and client base. Yeah, hundred percent. It's a great way to build trust and rapport. Absolutely. And look, I would even go to as far as to say is if is if you you did it well enough, I would be investing. I would be reinvesting in myself on that. I would be actually. Yeah paying for my post to be prioritized and marketed to my area. I think, I don't yeah. think there's many people in, in this market that are doing that now, as far as sales is concerned. Yeah, no, no, I a hundred percent agree with that. And um, you know, if you can shoot good videos and uh, on, and if you've got a good clean, as you say, have two, whether you have two uh, profiles set up or whether you've just got a good clean profile with one and providing you your dealership is, is happy with it. But, yeah, that's right. You, it doesn't cost much to boost an ad, and you could be doing an ad on, you know, any particular motor vehicle, whether it's a new model or it's a, uh, it's a demo that you want to sell or it's an old stock that you want to move or whatever. But it, the, to boost those on Facebook, as you know, and you target your audience that you want to reach and everything, and you only want to do in your area, it's not a huge expense. No, no. I had a, I had a chat with a uh, – a chat with a, a – uh, a, he was he was a GSM in the in in America recently. He was a Mazda, a GSM of a Mazda dealership over there, and he'd he'd been in the one business for ten years and and reached a point where he said, "I need a break," and resigned. He had a couple of months off, and he ended he ended up going back and working in another business, but not as a GSM. He didn't want the he didn't want the yeah he didn't want to manage people anymore. He just wanted to sell cars and do the things that he loved. And and he went down that social um, media approach, and he 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 was investing five hundred dollars of his own money, yep, and was selling on average thirty seven cars a month. Yeah, wow, yep. So yep. that's that, a good good return on investment. Not a bad return on investment, is it? You know, you know, it's yep. the uh, yeah, I, I think it's I think it's a yeah I think it's a, it's if you're waiting, if you're waiting for the lead to come through, your yeah. your fate's in someone else's hands. If you generate 100%. the lead yourself, then yeah. yeah, it's and there's so many ways you can do that, Cameron. Like not just with social, but there's so many other ways in the dealership you can utilise that. Yes, um, you, you know, it just doesn't have to be social. But you know, as you said with that guy that. 537 cars like he just thinks outside the box and you know just advertising in your area and uh, and things it's just a it's a a no-brainer yeah coming coming back to the training side Ian like you you and I've we've tongue-in-cheek joked about this this piece for for a while now is that you know training training is one of those things that people invest in generally when times are good yeah and yeah. it's usually the first thing that disappears when the challenges really start. It's like, 
it's like the old cliche of, uh, you know, you, I'll give you an umbrella when it's sunny, but as soon as it starts to rain, I want my umbrella back. Yeah. Um, yeah. How, you know, how have you seen, how have you seen, I suppose, with this current challenge, you know, training, I think everyone knows that training should be something that we should be investing in. I think anyone, yeah, anyone with a good experience is, yeah. is, is something, is, knows that for sure. Yeah. Yeah. You know, how how have you seen how has that worked in your business, like with with everything going on at the moment? Well, it's interesting. I'll just go back um, to the last WADA I went to uh, last year, when they brought up the top um, ten expenses that a dealership has. Training doesn't rate in the top ten. Yeah. The top ten expenses a dealership has, training doesn't uh, rate. But 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 employees are up there in the top three. So that just makes no sense. You've got, you know, in the one of the top three expenses of your dealership is your employees, and training doesn't rate in the top ten. And you know, I've been in, been around long enough to know that you know when things get tough, the first the first two things we cut is advertising and training. Yes. You know, yeah. and um, and we had um, a lot of businesses um, in April, or not a lot, but about actually only a third of our businesses deferred in April and have now come back on in July. So we've actually found uh, businesses uh, are now looking at their, their good people because a lot of people culled some of their staff yep. and moved out. Restructure. What do you call it? Dead wood, restructure and everything. And they're now looking at we should reinvest in these people because, you know, there's an old saying that's been around for a long time, Cameron, that, um, you know, one person says, oh, why should we... I don't want to waste money investing in these people. Well, if you don't invest in them... and you know, I don't want to waste money investing in these people and they leave me. Well, if you don't invest them and they stay, what does that do for your business? So, you know, we, we've found that in the last um, six or eight weeks, like the, the inquiry rate has really picked up um, and the take-up of training has been uh, has been good. Yeah, yeah. And, and they're, they're getting results. So we had some businesses uh, non-auto that used our... Um, kept on training and they'd signed up in... Um, late February. Anyway, when COVID hit, they said to me, oh, Ian, like, what do you think we should do? Should we defer or whatever? I said, well, you can lay up and lay down the fetal position on the lounge or wait and see whenever this is going to finish or you get your head down, bum up, and we do this training and we go out and smash it. Anyway, they decided to take the ladder and uh, they were sending me um, testimonials of, Ian, we were doing quotes for people and they uh, said no one else was quoting and we were getting the jobs at full tilt and making good money because everyone else was laying in the fetal position on the lounge of when's it's going to work. So, yeah. you know, it's about being proactive and, and spending some money on your people because they will respect that. Yeah, absolutely. It comes back to what we were talking about before, isn't it, with, uh, you know, you keeping your people engaged with you as a, engaged with you as a leader, engaged with the organisation. Training, training plays a major part in that. You know, if, if someone feels that they're not learning from you, they will move on to someone else that they feel they can learn something new from. Uh, a, a manager is always a reflection of its team and the team is always a reflection of its manager. Yeah. You know, so if you've got a great manager, chances are you've got a great team and they invest in that. If you've got a, you know, if you've got the manager that says my team's useless, well, there's only one reason the team's useless. Yeah. Yeah. That's you. Absolutely. Because yeah. you accepted that. Yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it's the same. It's the uh, the same thing could be said for when you know, when when a new employee comes into a team, and then you know, three, four, five, six, seven months after the fact, someone says, "Oh, you know, we have to get rid of him. He's no good." Well, you know, was he uh, was he no good when you interviewed him, or did you make him no good? Like, it's, yeah, exactly. It's yeah. And you go on with that, Cameron. You you know you you've been around with with uh, dealing with putting staff into businesses and dealerships and that. But how often do you have a, a dealership that'll say to you, "Oh, this guy's been with me for six years, and he was so good up until three months ago, and he's just gone off the boil." So we need to get rid of him and replace him. But you've got to think, if he was so good for six years, yeah, what has happened in that last three months? And what have we got to do to get that back, get that last six years back out of him again and get him going again? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a, um, it's a, you know, it, the the people are the biggest variable in our world. Whether yeah. they're whether they're the people that make inquiries or whether they're the people that turn up and put our name badges on every day, e- yeah. e- either way, they're the variable that we have to manage. You know, it's yeah, exactly right, and it's about. You know, and look, the perfect employee is probably ourselves when we, you know, as, as all... Absolutely. I'm the best. Got to wear the best of what we're doing, <laughs> yeah. right? You know, my, my uh, philosophy is that, uh, that just work with the employees, work, uh, work with their strengths and manage their weaknesses, uh, and providing that their weaknesses are that much and their strengths are that much, you, you've got a great employee and you can make them work for you. No one's perfect. Yeah, except for us two, of course. Yeah, except for us two, of course. But yeah, <laughs> other than that, they're not. So yeah, yeah, yeah. Was well, the old adage? I thought I made a mistake once, but as it turned out, I was wrong. Yeah, <laughs> you probably can't remember when that was. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. And I think the one thing that I know you do pretty well, and I'll give you a bit of a plug here, I, and because I'm, I, I, I see them every time you send something through. Like you're, you know, you're like a one man a one man vigilante group trying to make the uh, trying to make um the world a better place through giving of your content you know you i know you i know this is what you do professionally but i would say you you give a lot of information to people like you you challenge you challenge the people in your network on a very regular basis by giving yeah. giving of your ideas and stuff it's have you had much have you what sort of what sort of response have you had to to the stuff that you put out there into the into the ether. Oh, yeah, we have a great response, and actually, we posted a uh, a response today on social media, on uh, LinkedIn and Facebook, about um, um, a business um, national manager of a business that gets our weekly sales tips and subscribe to it. And he and they're only one minute videos, so they're not you don't have to sit there for hours and listen to them. And what he took out of that one minute, he shared with his network, and one of his network people were blown away by that one minute, but. I'm a believer you've got to give, okay? Like, if, if you don't know me and you don't know what my content's like and things, uh, then I'm not going to get you to come and um, be one of my clients. So I'm happy to share and give plenty out, but I've still got plenty more to give after that. And um, you know, it's a bit like the old uh, calamari outside the fish shop. If you don't give a sample, they won't come in and buy the fish. Yeah. And, you know, Cameron, we spoke about this um, and you know about this. In, uh, in January, we put a five-part mini sales power course together, five eight-minute videos to drop in your inbox every day. When we put that together, 
we were going to sell that as a as a lead up into our main sales programs. Yeah. And then when COVID hit, we thought, you know what, we're going to give this away. So five eight minute videos on building relationships, prospecting, follow up, objections, negotiating, and closing the business. Anyway, we had um, MTA New Zealand approaches, uh, who we do work for, and they said, "Have you got something that we can help our dealers with when they're in lockdown, that we could, you know, give to our dealers or something, you know, we can buy?" Anyway, I said, "I've got this link. You can have it. Send it out to your dealers." They signed up over 170 um, people in New Zealand, and the feedback we got from it was fantastic. Like. It's, there's not a there's there's gold nuggets in there. There's not Absolutely. a truckload of them. Yeah, but but there is. But you've got to do that, um, and you've got to give some of your stuff away and and let people sample what you teach. And I guess the biggest thing about our sales training that, that is this is that I'm not out there to reinvent the wheel. There's a lot of sales trainers out there that have come up and they think, oh, we've got this shiny new way widget to do things and this and that. Sales hasn't tra- changed in 40 years that I've been involved in the sales, except yeah. for the internet. Exactly, yeah. yeah. You know? So we're not about realigning. Uh, we're not about reinventing the wheel. We're just about realigning the wheel. So the people that have just gone off track a little bit, we just bring them back on track. Yeah. But that's a, you know, for me, that's what sales training does. You know, like yeah. sales training doesn't, doesn't, you know, it, it obviously provides a system where, it provides a system where you can you can say my process is this. This is the definition of what yeah. my process is. But without training, without role playing, without continually going back to it, you you wander off the pathway of your system and your process. 100%. And a, a trainer doesn't a trainer doesn't necessarily for me come in and say, as you say, this is the world's this is the world's leading thingo. They yeah. remind you the things that you used to know. And that you yeah. used to do, and the yeah. importance and of the like reasons why. Does, yeah, and the importance of why that's the case. Yeah, yeah. And you know, you, back in the day, you think of uh, one of the analogies we use is when you were a child, you used to get read uh, nursery rhyme storybooks and things, right? And you'd know them and you remember them, and you could recite the Humpty Dumpties and the little, you, you know, all those sort of things, you know, Bar Bar Black Sheep and all that, right? Yeah. When you get to about eight or nine, you think, I don't need that anymore because I'm not a child anymore, I don't need it. When you get to mid to late 20s and you have kids of your own, you start reciting those things because that was drummed into you for the first eight years of your life. Yeah. But you haven't used them and then all of a sudden when you need them, you remember them again. And sales training is the same. Once you learn it and it's repetitious of learning over and over again, it just becomes natural for you. Yeah. But it's it's like it's like that sport is sporting analogy as well, isn't it? You know, you just because a just because a football team makes the grand final doesn't mean that they don't train in grand final week. Hundred percent. And Cameron, you you go to the next step on that is people turn up for salespeople turn up for work get to work at seven thirty eight o'clock or whatever every morning. They go around and sit around the coffee machine, the water cooler or whatever. But a football player, when he turns up to play on Friday night, he doesn't walk straight in the sheds and sits down and gets changed and sits there and says, oh, it's nearly 8 o'clock, I'll go out and play. They go out and do 20, 30 minutes of warm-up before they go out and take the field. Salespeople should do 15 or 20 or 25 minutes every morning before they go out and take the field. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I think the... uh... 
the way you the way you start the day is the way you end the day generally, isn't it? Hundred percent, hundred percent. And if you've had a, you know, and there's nothing better if you've if you're you know woke up and you're having a bad morning and you listen to a 15, 20 minute podcast or something on some positivity, all of a sudden the negativity's gone. The oh, the world's not that bad. Things are great, yeah. and life goes on. Yeah. Yeah, and and obviously, as, as we say, you've got some good stuff out there. And how do how do people uh, how do people find you, mate? What where do you how do you how do you you've obviously got a website. What's the what's the details there? Okay, so the website is uh, pretty simple. It's www.ianparker.com.au, um, and it's got everything in there. And if you go to that website, there up in the top uh, left hand corner is a little not a little bar that says free stuff and if you go on there there is so much free stuff download uh, knock yourself out with all that you can find me on linkedin um ian parker sales on linkedin uh ian parker on facebook and ian parker management group on on facebook so where all those sort of places you yep. know, um yeah contact me and uh, happy to help out just like it, just like our customers before, where you're available to be contacted on any channel that you want to be con- that that people want to contact you on. Yeah, hundred percent on all on all the media channels we're out there. Very good, mate. Well, I really appreciate your time today. I know we've we've got a lot of. I think we've covered a lot, but I think we've given a lot as well. And and I'm sure I'm sure people have really gained um, some great insights. And and I'm, and get in contact with Ian if you want to know anything more about about what he does and. And how to how to implement his training programs? I've seen the platforms that that Ian's got. I'm not just saying this because he's a friend of mine. I think it is when it comes to sales training, what Ian provides and the way he provides it, I think is a is a flexible and, and innovative innovative approach. And uh, I think you and Mel have done a great job on that, mate. Yeah, thanks, mate. And look, if anyone's listening and they want access to that free sales power course, if they uh, they can jump onto the website and grab it, or they just shoot me an email at entityandparker.com.au uh, I'll flick them the uh, the link and they can go their hardest and they own that um, that power course forever it's not a limited time once you sign up for it uh, you own those videos you can keep using them for training forever beautiful beautiful I might, I'll put your contact details in the show notes that's probably a great way of doing it so you can yeah okay no worries mate I appreciate that beautiful thanks Ian thanks Cameron we'll catch up soon we'll catch up for a a coffee with social distancing. Absolutely, mate. Absolutely. I've got a good cafe in mind. It, uh, it's not too bad, not too far away from your house. All right, I'll wait till I hear from you. Cheers, mate. Cheers, mate. Take care. You too. Thank you for listening to the podcast, wherever you are and whatever you're doing. If you're interested in learning more about how automotive talent can add value for you or your business, please make contact through the link in the show notes. Until next time, take care and happy trading.